0: G'day team, it's Harps, it's Melissa, it's Tommy. Good morning. I'm going to start with Tom. Hi Tom. hey Craig. Uh, how are you? Um,
1: Feeling, yeah, feeling good. I love this time of year uh, in that um, I get to sort of just relax a bit. Good. Uh, and uh, I'm really enjoying it because I've got the family, you know, addition. I've got a new one. This is a, this is the the four of us for Christmas this year we last Christmas it was only
0: three yeah it's, um, and my little girl is crawling How, what's an to... I should know what's her name again it's Craig what are you talking <laughs> Craig <about? laughs> oh that's right I paid you the
1: five thousand dollar Craig bonus well, that's right well you actually said you'd give me five grand if I called my first child Craig and. I did. And I said, "Would you take a thousand bucks for second name?" And you said, "No, nah, it's first name or nothing." So um, yeah, I've got a little girl named Craig. She's beautiful. No. <laughs> <laughs> her, her name you just call Ma- her Harps. Her name's Matilda, and she's she's an angel. I absolutely adore her, and she's just crawling. She's not. A, she's six months this week.
0: Yeah.
1: And so she's um, yeah she's she's at she's mustly, dude. Like to be able to crawl at six months, that is an effort.
0: He's, um she's jacked is that what you're telling me jacked I mean, it i am so yeah how are you craig i'm good i'm good now we we gotta um let's let's give everyone a a, a peek behind the curtain at typ so what we're doing <laughs> is melissa's in wherever she lives and i'm in wherever i live and tom is in uh sydney up with his wife's fam just doing the christmas thing as he said and he has, because trying to find somewhere quiet with the fam and the kids and somewhere with great service and internet, et cetera, is a challenge. He's driven to McDonald's car park and he's sitting in there drinking out of a McDonald's cup that he says is iced water. It is. I, it could be Coke uh, or it could be whiskey. And what is funny is I'm looking at a car, the inside of a car. He's got a fucking $2,000 mic coming out of his laptop and- uh, pillows and towels around the car. so yeah. from the outside looking in people think you're a vagrant who's just sleeping in the McDonald's car park. yeah I mean the the highway patrol actually drove past before and I did get a bit
1: worried. <laughs> but it's like anything you know when you're doing something relating to audio quality or video quality, what's sort of the one thing or the two things that you would hope isn't? happening at the time and it's a jackhammer or Mm. mowing. And yeah, we've got some mowing going on, but I'm glad (laughs) that the, um, you know, the technology of zoom, which we record on is uh, yeah. Stopping that noise from coming through, but it is happening. And my ass is a bit clenched because I, you know, I hate delivering shit quality. And, I know
0: um, how um, funny you should say your ass is clenched because <laughs> you're very anal about sound quality. <laughs> Good one, boomtish. <laughs> no pun um, intended. So what are we talking about today? Body dysmorphia. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's let's just jump straight into it. Should we, Melissa? Um, what is it? Give me mm. an example of it. Mm. And, and And how do we develop
0: body dysmorphia? So I am... I'm not an expert at probably anything, um, but I've had uh, I've I've come across this. I've worked with people with forms of body dysmorphia. I think I have had a smidge of it, and I think like many other things, there's levels, there's levels, or there's a scale. Um, and so I'm I actually googled it, which is quite abnormal because I wanted to know how long it's been around like this idea of, of um, you know, from a science point of view. Mm. Melissa, what's your guess when they started talking about uh, body dysmorphia? Like, what do you think?
2: Oh, good, good or question. Or both of you
0: for that matter. Tommy, Melissa?
2: I've got no idea. I feel like it's been around for an incredibly long time, but in terms of them actually documenting and talking about it. No,
0: talking about it from a, a psychological perspective yeah. of like a mental illness or something like that.
2: I don't know. I'm going to guess and say like the 40s or 50s maybe.
0: Uh, I, my guess would have been the 80s or 90s, yeah. um, and I would have been right, except I would have got the century wrong. It's really? 1886. Wow.
2: Wow. So there was a
0: guy called Enrico Morselli who reported it dist- a disorder that he termed dysmorph, dysmorphophobia, which described the disorder as a feeling of being ugly, even though there was absolutely nothing wrong with the person's appearance. I mean, this is written in 1886 language, right? In 1980, so about a hundred years later, give or take, the American Psychiatric Association recognised the disorder. So that's kind of when I thought it would but this dude was talking about a hundred years before and they categorized it as an atypical somatoform disorder. Um, And there's a, there's a very well-known manual uh, called the DSM. I think they're up to DSM five DSM stands for diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders. So interestingly, it's considered a mental disorder But it's a mental disorder, I think, and now I'm craigifying things around um, how we see ourselves versus how we are. So um, published in 1994, the DSM-4, I think we're up to DSM-5 or 6 now, defines body dysmorphia disorder as a preoccupation with an imagined or trivial defect in appearance – a, a preoccupation that causes social or occupational dysfunction, uh, and not better explained as another disorder, as anorexia. Different, but okay. kind of intersecting. Um, so, like for example, I remember in that space of working with bodybuilders, and Tom, you've been around bodybuilders. You've been a trainer. You've worked in gyms. You've been a fucking stripper you've been around people who are obsessed with their bodies and i think there are a lot of people who you know there are some people that are beautiful and think they're ugly so that would be body dysmorphia or handsome and think they're ugly um some people who think they've got a gigantic nose when they have pretty much a normal sized nose but also people who um bodybuilders i've worked with who think they're tiny and weak looking and they're gigantic. Mm. I call it bigorexia. Mm. And, um, and I think it's been called that by a few other people as well, but I reckon I, I kind of, you know, I got to on both ends when I lost a whole lot of weight and then I started to run like a maniac and, um, I, you know, I got really lean, really obsessive, really unhealthy, mentally and emotionally around my body because I was so blah, blah, all that stuff insecure. But I remember, you know, I remember standing um, on the scales, getting off, getting back on, getting off, because I was obsessed with weighing less at this stage. (laughs) Eventually I became obsessed with weighing more with muscle mass. But I remember holding, you know, what was probably about four millimeters of essentially skin between my index finger and my thumb next to my belly button and tell, and looking disgustedly at how much fat I had. Um, You know, I don't think that, you know, I don't think I'm alone in that. And so when we think we're fat, but we're not, or we think that we're tiny, but we're actually quite muscular. um, So it's that inability to be, you know, objective about ourselves, I guess. And I think it's pretty common.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I saw a photo pop up, you know, Facebook's good for not much other than your Facebook page. And uh, also memories from the past when Facebook was actually popular. Yeah. And um, and I actually spent time on there. So, I mean, seeing a memory pop up from 10 years ago mm. of myself. Yes. And I was thinking, who the fuck is that dude? He's got a big back. Mm. Like, and, and it was me, obviously. But I never thought, like, obviously, I was training a lot. I was in the gym every day, six weight mm. sessions a week. But I definitely didn't think that I was like that. And it's... Obviously I mean right now, what's a way to sort of do a get, uh, take stock of your own uh, understanding of
0: what you are and what you aren't at this yeah. moment yeah I think it's it I reckon this is a really challenging area i I'm going to be honest I don't have many answers uh, I just have thoughts but I think I think uh, like it all starts with uh, like self-reflection and self-awareness. And it it's being able to realize that the story in my head is not true. It's just the story in my head. Like I remember about two weeks ago, the crab and I were training now, Keeping in mind that Crab was multiple Mr. Australia and a pro bodybuilder and competed overseas in the IFBB against the best bodybuilders in the world. And he's four years or five, three years younger than me or something and still huge, right? He's still a big unit, right? He's not huge compared to what he was, but he's still big. He's still bigger than me, got more muscle than me, blah, blah, blah. And I look at him and we we're in the gym and we we're training, we we're doing something. And I said to him, and I always say something like this lovingly and fun. I go, mate, you just, what, what annoys me is I train more than you. You turn up, you walk past a dumbbell and your fucking arms get a bit bigger. It's very annoying. And I said, I train more. I'm perfect with my diet and I look like a fucking, no disrespect, uh, a tennis player. (laughs) And he goes, he goes, you, you don't look like any tennis player that I've ever seen. Right. And then I went, but it's funny when I look in the mirror and this is body dysmorphia and it sounds pathetic, but I never like, I'm, I'm, this sounds bad, doesn't it? Like I'm, I'm very appreciative of what I have, but also I, I, I find it hard to be objective and think, yeah, I look good. And I still, at, at, you know, I still look in the mirror and I think I'm small when I've actually got quite a lot of muscle. Mm. And I'm aware that that's ridiculous. And for the most part, it's not an issue um, because I have an awareness that it's just not true. But um, I think that, you know, it's it's, most people look at themselves in the mirror and see something at some stage that other people won't see. Melissa, what about you? I feel Mm. like you're the quiet field mouse over there. And I think I don't know why (laughs) at all, at all, Melissa, that this, you know, you're – you're distractingly quiet on this topic,
2: <laughs> yeah i uh, i that I was thinking about a lot of things just then, but one of them was I even find it interesting when like I might change shape, I might lose weight or gain weight or and I, ca- I can't even see that. Like I still see the same image that was. Like mm, it's funny mm. how it takes, sometimes my mind doesn't even catch up. Like it's not until maybe I see it in print in a photo or something that I actually yes. realise that there has been that change. And even though I might notice that the, the clothing size is different or something like that, like theoretically I get it, but I just visually don't see that. Like mm, mm. it's a... Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. But I also think there's quite an overlap. Obviously, part of it is different. There's an overlap with this kind of area and what you're studying because mm. it, it just makes me think in terms of external self-awareness and understanding how other people see us mm. um, that, yeah, sometimes I just think it's a prime example of how we can have a really different picture or perspective mm. as to how somebody else Perceives us or
0: sees us. I always get surprised when people go, Oh, yeah, he's like the guy with the massive arms or something. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. Because I know Big Josh, right? I go, Fucking <laughs> don't say that. Like that embarrasses me. But to them, I have massive arms or, yeah, yeah. or whatever, you know, or a massive nose, which is true. <laughs> but, but that, you know, I think so. The question then becomes, all right, we've all got issues around our body. I don't think that's a revelation. I think some people are very happy with themselves, and uh, that's good. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Um, and and also, you know, there are a lot of people that are somewhere in this space of, you know, insecurity and self doubt and the inability to be to actually see themselves as other people see them. So I was thinking, well, what is some kind of a Not a solution, but what's something that we can do if this is us? So um, I think a couple of things. One thing is this. It's good to have a person in your life. Like we certainly don't want to be, we don't want to perpetuate the obsession or the dysfunction. But I think if it is a real problem for you, um, like when people come to me, for example, and they know that I will tell them, what I believe is the truth, they'll say, Do you think I'm leaner or fatter or do you think I've this or gain muscle or and and I go, Do you want the absolute truth? They go, I do. Then I'll give them what I think is whether or not it's comfortable or not, I'll tell them the truth mm. because they want that. And I think it's good to have a person in your life who can who can go, no, I think you're being an idiot. You look fine. You look the same. You you're in good shape. Let's let's turn down the hysteria and the emotion. I think it's good to have a person in your life Who who knows you well and who is objective in a space that you can't be objective? Mm. I think the next thing to do is, and again, all of these things are ideas. These are not these are not things I've researched. But for me, like you said, um, when you see a photo, I think what what is really good is every now, like if you're trying to create some kind of you know, change or improvement or adaptation is like, we'll take a photo 28 days, wear the same clothes every 28 days, wear the same clothes, don't overthink it, don't beat yourself up, but take one day zero, day 28, day 56, uh, day whatever that is, 72, day 96. um, And then just have a look, have a look, you know, because there's the information in the pic. Or if you don't like that thought, which I don't blame you, um, Take some measurements. Do a body composition test. Do a biological age test. Do some girth, or some uh, yeah girth measurements, or you know whatever it is. Just get some data. Which is now all we've got is we don't have an emotion or an idea or a thought. Now we just have data, you know. So, um, but it is. I've got another definition here, which I grabbed from, I think this was from wiki or somewhere profound, a mental illness involving obsessive focus on a perceived flaw and appearance Flaw might be minor or imagined. And the person can spend hours a day trying to fix it, hide it, or cover it. The person may try many cosmetic procedures or exercise to excess. Um, people with this disorder may frequently examine themselves in the mirror, constantly compare their appearance with others um that of others and avoid social situations or photos treatment may include may counseling and uh, antidepressant medication mm. it's it's just interesting because we live in a culture which is probably turning up the volume on this tommy with instagram mm. etc
1: mm. i mean you mentioned that it was uh first identified in the 1800s i mean Facebook was not around then. No, <laughs> I don't even know if there's no Insta. Paper. No Insta, mate. I heard TikTok might have been around in the 1800s. But <laughs> no. Um, how much of it is a product of comparison?
0: Mm. Mm. That is, I don't know. That's interesting. Mm. And also, imagine if we lived on an island with no one else around. We wouldn't give a fuck, would we? Mm. Yeah. Like if you thought you had a big nose, but no one was ever going to see it. There's no more anxiety.
1: Mm. I can tell you what my child, six months old, doesn't give a shit that she has rolls on her belly. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's beautiful. Mm. I love pinching them, but there's a point where she will realize based on something in existence, it's like, how do kids get shy? How do, how do they get self-conscious? Where does that come from? Yeah. I don't, it's, it's yeah. the most bizarre sh- thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, go from
2: laughing and just yes. just enjoying what they're doing to being really conscious of what people are thinking of them.
0: Yeah. So there's this construct in, um, now I sound like a PhD student, but it's relevant and it's interesting, but there's a construct in um, psychology called theory of mind. And I think when, so theory of mind is when children begin to, adults as well, but it, it happens, it, there's debate about when it happens, but somewhere around three, four where children can begin to understand the mindset of somebody else, or at least recognize that they don't think what I think. And so I've spoken about this before, and you would relate, Tommy, there's a point in time where kids can dance and kids can draw things and paint things. And they think because they've got constant or for the most part, constant support, and you're an amazing dancer, they dance, they sing, they draw, and they have, constant positive affirmation, and there's nothing in their head that thinks, I wonder if my dancing is any good. Mm-hmm. I wonder if my painting is any good. Like they don't think or they don't have an awareness that what they're doing can be evaluated as good or bad. But then then we start to learn as we get older that the world and people and school and that everything is evaluated for better or worse, often for worse, and then I think that's when we start, you know, kids start to become self-conscious where they realize that, oh, shit, maybe my drawing's terrible because someone just said it's terrible. Or maybe I'm fat because somebody just called me jumbo. Or maybe I'm ugly because somebody called me big nose or whatever it is. Yeah. But enough about my childhood.
1: Ram Das, the spiritual guru, who's mm. no longer with us, calls it um, ego training that kids go through. And it's, you know, the development of a self, ego, the I, it's the understanding that they are separate to their friends, their family, their mm-hmm. parents. And, you know, you see it in my son when he, when, when he um, thinks people are laughing at him. Mm-hmm like, and I don't know where it's, it's being around other children and understanding that kids are different to him. They, you know, they're doing their own, they've got their own operating system and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's really sad. I mean, if we just sort of cast the focus back to social media, I mean, let's, let's talk about the comparison. That's where it is. That's Mm. where you're seeing the best version of everybody Mm. in existence. You're not Mm. posting your worst shot. You're posting your best. Mm. And so, I mean, for, what's this doing to our mind, Craig? From a PhD student, mm. um, I'm I'm just a bloke in my car at Macca's, to be honest.
0: Like, <laughs> You're probably like, the smartest of all of us.
1: <laughs> yeah. What What do you think? I mean, has okay, here we go. Has it? Has have you noticed in yourself any comparison, or you know, uh, mm. highlight of your own body dysmorphia from things like social media?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think. One of the tough things is, the answer is yes, is that it is It is very, it takes a lot of courage to say, hey, everyone, here's a picture of me, and I know it looks like, ah, oh, this is just me just fucking looking at the lake, but I took 37 photos to get this one, and I agonised over this for 45 minutes. And I used a filter and I cropped this and I did that. And here's the photo and I'm putting this photo up, not because I just happened to be at a lake and it's interesting, but because I want your approval, Mm. right? That's why I took so many. That's why it took so long to choose this one. If we didn't care about all of that. Now, if I would like to say that I don't care what I look like, but I do. Right, I don't think I'm obsessed like I once was, but if 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 somebody takes a photo of me and puts it up, and I think I look shit in that photo, I, I promise you, <laughs> I'm not happy it's up because I've got an ego. But I'm also aware at the same time. Of, I go, oh, look at me, insecure me. You know, I wish they took it from the other side because I'm bigger on the left than the right, or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that. That, that's the, and this is part of, I think also, you, you know, you spoke about the, the fabulous, beautiful Ram Das, you know, this is part of the spiritual journey, Tommy. And I know that we're getting deep on a body dysmorphia episode, but is to realize who we are beyond our body. And I think this is the real door to open, which is trying to figure out beyond psychology and sociology and physiology is to to open the door on who am I beyond my image? Who am I beyond my weight or my appearance or my biceps or my, cause I think that's where true joy and contentment lives. It doesn't live in finding the perfect weight or the perfect body composition or the perfect photo to post. But I think that's what our culture has taught us and continues to teach us. But that's why, you know, kind of having that awareness that this is a winless uh, pointless race or task, you know, and it's n- nothing wrong with wanting to look good, but when it's a preoccupation and an obsession, then it's a bad thing. Mm. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I did post a photo by a lake in Dalesford, and <laughs> it got a lot of attention. It was did awesome. It? Yeah. Yeah. Just say.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you're a good looking unit.
1: Look, I mean, the last three days we've covered body dysmorphia, food addiction and, health protocol. And it's, and it's crazy how every day it is coming back to the mind. It's coming back to how we perceive our experience mm. and all elements of our own psychology. It's, mm. it goes beyond, you know, like these things rear the head in something, you know, physical at times, mm. something tangible, mm. but a lot of it is when you strip it back, like you mm. said, opening that door to <laughs>
0: beyond just physical things and Mm. these and and getting, you know, like the mind is a gift, but the mind is also a prison, Mm. you know? And if your mind is going, you're shit, you're fat, you're useless, you're ugly, you're not talented. And you start to believe that then you become trapped in this, this story. You become trapped in this untrue dialogue, but you listen to it enough. And, uh, for you, it becomes true because it starts to dictate your reality. And that's why, you know, um, I think we've got an episode coming up in the not-too-distant future. Number six in the series is mm. called Practical Spirituality, and that's why I'm excited to get to that. But anyway, it's been good. I don't think we solved anyone's problems. Uh, probably everyone's more confused than when we started. But, hey, we had a conversation around an interesting topic. Um, yeah.
1: Thanks, Tom. No, I love it. Asking questions is levelling up in our self-awareness. So mm. if you have never thought about having body dysmorphia, but you have today and you are now thinking, fuck, I actually experienced that. Like that is one step closer to having a greater level of awareness about your own life and, and what you experience daily, which is, you know, once you start doing that more and more, it can give it a new framing. It can take a bit of the energy out of it. You can mm-hmm. see when you feel something like the comparison around mm-hmm. your body, like that energy identifying it and, and sitting with and seeing that and just observing the energy. Like this is one step closer to removing a lot of the power that it has.
0: 100%. Anyway.
1: When did you get so smart? Yeah. What, what's mate, what's I, think I think it's the the McDonald's. Like I can smell it and it's making me
0: feel a bit spiritual. <laughs> wow. Wow. This. <laughs> What is, we what is get going that on a Fragrance you? or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now, before we go, I just want to remind everyone that uh, we have a uh, a Facebook page, a TYP the U Project page, which is kind of group where we're encouraging people to come in. It's no hooks, catches, agendas. Sometimes I share stuff in there that I don't share anywhere else. Um, uh, quite often, in fact. And, uh, but it's a, it's kind of a forum of sorts for people to talk about ideas or thoughts that might come up in the podcast or even other things. Just, I kind of wanted a space for people who are like minded and maybe trying to head in the same growth, development, learning, student uh, direction. And so that is that. Is it just called the You Project? Melissa U Reason. Project
2: Podcast, yeah. So if you go into the groups uh, section of Facebook, you can look up the You Project Podcast and hit join group if you're interested. Also, Tommy, is there something we can link in bio for you? Something oh, people want to connect or follow or?
1: Oh, thanks for asking. Um, Instagram <laughs> forward slash Tommy Jacket. Oh, I've got one other thing. My website, I just actually relaunched it. Uh, it's, it's vidpod, vidpod.com.au. video and podcast production.
2: Perfect. Thank you. I mean,
1: I just, I just thought of that. Thanks for asking. It just prompted that memory, you know, it's it's all good.
0: Yeah. My bad, Tommy. I've just been using and abusing you and not promoting you, but that's pretty much our track record, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Now I'm all, all here for it. Got it. Love it. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks, Tommy. See you guys. Bye.